This episode of Aphorisms is recorded in London, the colonial capital, and on the unceded lands of the Gadigal and Wongal peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future. Oh hi there, welcome back to Aphorisms. Um, I'm so excited this week to have my good friend Hannah back. Um, She's joining us. And, I mean, apologies in advance. I think this is going to be a long one, regardless of how I can find a way to cut this down. Hunter and I just went on an absolute tear. It felt like the olden days when we used to go for brunch and talk for, like, six hours. Literally, that happened once where I, m- I missed my own shift. So, um, prepare to be taken on a journey through all the Real Housewives. <laughs> it was a fun week. Um, so, enjoy our chat. And also, as I mentioned last week, Hannah works at Radio Skidrow and... This year, they've had their funding cut um, and really, really, really need your donations, like all operational funding. So go to um, Instagram at Radio Skid Row and please make a donation if you can. Um, Hunter's the best. Radio Skid Row is very important for the community um, and appreciates any and all efforts. And as always this week, my horoscope is taken from Dose Via's um, astrology app, Know the Zodiac. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Hannah. Welcome back to Afroisms. Hi, Af. Thank you so much for having me back. And well, I'm I'm honoured that you are back this week. Um, but you sent me a very cute video, so how could I refuse to come back? <laughs> I'm so grateful. Um, I really also mainly wanted to have you on, apart from everything else, because I like talking to you, but because I've really been catching up on my Real Housewives of Atlanta that I've um, abandoned for years, and I just finished season 10. And I just was overwhelmed <laughs> with emotions and thoughts and like an overwhelming desire to talk to you. So I'm glad you're here. I'm so excited. It's, it, I'm really glad that you did this for yourself, um, watching you. Real Housewives of Atlanta. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait to discuss, but don't you do the horoscope thing first? That's my favourite part. <laughs> we do do the horoscope thing first and we will now. Astrology Hacks. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? No, you go first. Tell me about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm a Scorpio. No, I'm I'm just kidding. Um, The Aries moon is encouraging you to focus on tasks that you're most passionate about, especially if you put them off for a while. Um, I don't really know what that is. I'm doing nothing that I'm passionate about right now. (laughs) Surviving. Um, You should be passionate about surviving. We only have one life. Yeah, true. I'm just passionate about getting a visa and um you know that's pretty much sleeping i haven't slept a lot um that's about it (laughs) i've been cooking a lot i'm passionate about cooking they're great passions feeding your body um making sure your body gets rest and you know building Mm. a new life you know that's great yeah feeding my body pasta um (laughs) As we approach this weekend's blue moon in Taurus, you'll start to gain clarity regarding which activities you want to consistently give your time, energy and attention to and which ones you'd rather delegate or eliminate altogether. Okay, so that's why I don't know yet what I'm really passionate about because I'm going to find out at the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know which ones I'd like to delegate or eliminate and that's my job at the moment. (laughs) Stressful as fuck. Um, But anyway... Why has the world not given itself the rest of the year off? Like, why can't we just say to each other, oh, we get it, man. 
We get mm-hmm. it. Just go home, chill till <laughs> December 31 and we'll start over. I, I don't know. I feel like most people are just kind of expecting like January 1st, midnight to kind of just become normal anyway. I saw a meme that was like a shocked and disappointed face and it was like the caption was December 31, 2020, 1161. <laughs> like it went from 1159 to 1161. <laughs> Sorry, that's my worst fucking nightmare. Please don't say that. Take that out of the universe. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> We're unmanifesting that. But um, Un-manifest yeah, that. De- can we just like delegate that part of life till next year? I, I think so. Yeah, I'll put in a word. Um, it also says, as a fixed sign, it can at times feel challenging to let go of what we've known, even if we've outgrown it. But if we're getting signs from the cosmos and your inner self, which is the cosmos, well, then it's time to spread your wings. Then it's time to, that it's time to spread your wings. Then it's time to spread your wings. Um, yeah, the I cosmos am... is inside you. Uh, that's what that's saying. Yeah, apparently. Very, very, very powerful witch I am. Um, (laughs) I think that means that all the things that I'm terrified about that are changing right now, I feel like not even I'm resisting mentally, but like my body is like, I feel very tense. Like I could snap if I turn my neck the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's the flip side of survival, right? There's like surviving and thriving and building and nourishing. And then Mm. there's survival mode, which is fight or flight, grab a weave, punch a head, um, <laughs> run around a barn. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's tense. It's, your adrenaline's pumping right a week later, apparently. But, um, you know... We're not talking about Potomac yet. Just <laughs> No, sorry. I just had to come to an example of, like, yeah. that tense survival <laughs> mode where you're just like, if I just get through this, my body will release. And usually what happens after that is, for me anyway, I get sick. Like I get the flu, um, like I actually, get to that rest point, my body releases and I get the flu. I fully know exactly what you mean. And I think, I just think that's going to happen to me. I think I'm just containing everything because I have to right now. And then as soon as I've moved into a new flat and I have my visa approved, I'm manifesting verbally, then I do feel like I'm just going to collapse and probably become ill, like you said. But hopefully after that, the fucking wings I can, you know, I'll fly. Yes. Yeah, these are the unhealthy practices that <laughs> um, I do. They're not healthy. You can't just be tense, tense, tense and say, I'm going to wait for this moment of collapse. Right. Because sometimes <laughs> in life that moment like is delayed mm. and postponed and suddenly what becomes, okay, I've only got a week till I can collapse might become a year and like things come after that. So you've got to let yourself collapse when you need to and you've got to nourish to kind of ease some of that tension. I'm not good at that. But what do you do? um, I try to let myself off the hook. Um, Mm. I smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, we're not talking about the healthiest of coping mechanisms, but it's That's a journey. Yeah, I know where I'm. The destination. I'm not there yet, and I don't necessarily know how to get there. But I don't think um, there's anything wrong with a little bit of weight. If that's you know what I mean. So I think 
what worries me um, as women and looking at like our elders, like our mothers and grandmothers, when was their time to collapse? And sometimes I think for some women, it doesn't come because these other things happen and these other things happen and these other things happen. And the next thing you know, you, you're young and, or, you know, on the scale of being young, like maybe you're in your fifties or sixties and you just feel like you could have a heart attack and die, you know? And so I, so I, real. yeah. And so I don't want to worry for my mum constantly because of what stress has done to her. And just carrying on. Yep. And so that's where I worry, like, it's fine when it's a set deadline timeline, I think. Um, mm. But we can't have that be how we deal with all our lives' stresses because some, we can't, you know, compartmentalise them to this space and time. They're ongoing. And so we have to have mechanisms to, yeah, soften them in the moment. And that's the cooking and sleeping part. That's mostly what I do. I eat and I sleep more. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was sleeping better, but. Um, yeah. Mm. God, you're smart. Oh, thank God I have you in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll, what's really great about recording it as a podcast, it means I can listen back and take my own advice. I'm really great at giving mm. it, um, but I'm not so great at taking it. Well, that's good. Make sure you listen to it as soon as this. I'll, I'll send you the link once it's live. <laughs> that was a joke. Obviously, you subscribed and you'll get a notification. Yeah, I get the notifications out. <laughs> um, well, would you like to regale us with your horoscope today? Oh, uh, yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> remember how I said I didn't want to drag myself? And now I think I'm going to drag myself because I just gave Drag yourself, Hannah. Drag advice. Yourself. And now this... Um, so I'm reading mine from... This comes from, um, her name is Shani, C-H-A-N-I, Nicholas, and she mm-hmm. writes her, sorry, they, I'm assuming it's a she, but it might be they, write um, horoscopes for OprahMag.com, and mm-hmm. they also have a, like, OprahMag.com? Yeah, like Oprah, like the Oprah, and um, the one you met, yeah. like that one. I know, I've met her. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and she also has a newsletter that I get um, that I like to read out. So anyway, this is Sagittarius and this is, I think we said it's my, um, what's she doing here? Like new moon in something, full moon in something? Oh, no, it's what you said, that blue moon in Scorpio yep. season. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so Sagittarius. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with all of the good ideas that flow your way, but Mm. that doesn't mean you don't do your best to. The full moon at the end of October highlights the changes that are occurring in your relationship to your physical self. It's no longer about what your body can do for you. It's about the ways in which you can be receptive to its wisdom. More Mm. than a machine in service of your mind, your body is an equal partner in wisdom and insight to it. The more you let that shine through, the more you find ways to work in harmony with yourself. Damn. Well, I probably need to sleep too. <laughs> <laughs> or the horoscope knows I'm about to enter a week where I'm on a deadline. Like I've got a script you in it next week. <laughs> 
So I'm already making that deal with myself that you were talking about. It's like, mm, maybe I just don't sleep for a week and then I can sleep at the end of the week and I'll be fine. Um, but you won't be fine. You'll break. That's what I just said, right? I said that to you. So, yeah. Yeah. And the so you're horoscope, gonna have to listen to this podcast next week. <laughs> and the horoscope said that too. It said, "Listen to your body, chill the f out. Um, probably exercise a little bit more because um, mm. my body needs that right now. Like I've been avoiding it. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I said, I'm all about that pasta life. I haven't done much more. <laughs> oh, let's get on to these housewives. Fuck oh, yeah, wait. let's go. Is there any more horoscope stuff that you have to talk about? Um, I just want to say one thing because, I mean, by the time this, you know, podcast is posted, it's probably going to be a few days ago, but this Halloween is going to be the first time it's a full moon and a new moon, I believe, on Halloween since 1944. Some weird shit. Oh, oh, that's why, like, I just got shivers when you said 1944. Yeah. Bad times. (laughs) Shit. <laughs> so if some weird shit happens, that's why. Stay safe. Or don't, I hope you stay. Yeah. Don't let the fascists win. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I so, also heard that like, because yeah. there's all those moons on October 31st, which is typically like, you know, which is Halloween, but you also mm-hmm. think of it um, in a spiritual sense. It means that like, spirits are kind of if you, have you seen coco or has i don't know if people out there have seen, seen, seen coco it's like I it's if you my think little heart of, out yeah if you think of um you know halloween in that more spiritual sense it means we're very um capable of communicating with our people that have passed and spirits on the other side or people that may usually walk with us um, through our mm. lives unseen. Yeah. So it's even more charged because of the moons. So there's a flip side to the fascism. Okay, fine. I accept my, my papa died. My grandpa died this year. So maybe. Yeah. Light a, light a candle for him. I will. I'm going to, I'm glad. I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all the, the horoscopy witchy shit I have to talk about this week. Nice. Nice. Um, so now we can get to the good stuff. <laughs> Talking about demons. Um, Where do you want to start? Like, do you want to start with Atlanta? No, because I've got like a lot to talk about. Okay. I'll let you run this show. It's your show. Go. Thank you so much. It does say aphorisms. Um, I just watched the new episode of Potomac, which I'm saying correctly now. <laughs> I think so, Potomac. That's how I say it. Well, you you gave me a very st- stern talking to a, a week or so ago to let me know that I was saying it wrong, and now I've corrected. It's Potomac, um, and I just watched it. I think it's up. To, we're up to episode thirteen. <sighs> yeah, we are. We yeah. are. I think last time we spoke was the episode pre the fight. Yeah. Um, and now we're like. <sighs> post the fight like where are you at with the fight where am i at yeah because i'm over it a little bit but i'm also over it a little bit and i i think i'm a really bad person talking to maddie week on week makes me have a different perspective of real housewives but my 
cynicism and experience of this series. Like Candace talking about how she's been having a lot of panic attacks and very uneasy because she's not sure what's happening next. And I just can't help but feel it's kind of disingenuous. I'm just like, and I know that's really awful because she was, you know, assaulted or whatever, but I'm just like, are you, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't believe her. Is that bad? It's not bad. It's a lot. The post-its are a lot. Um, I think like I try to put it into context and it's hard because I don't want to seem like I'm bashing Monique at all. I think mm. I don't have any problem with the fact that she was violent with Candace. Um, what has frustrated me is what happened after that and yeah. this kind of like sliding, I'm calling it sliding doors by Shonda Rhimes because it's like there's so many moments where it could kind of not resolve itself but take a step forward and they're just like mm. passing each other, like passing each other. And it's these two, you know, whether you think their friendship was real or not, it's like the two people that were involved in this have not spoken to each other and fair enough you you might not want to speak to someone who did that to you but if I was in Monique's position I would want to reach out to that person and say like and actually I would want to sit with that person and say I'm so sorry that that happened and yeah and clearly like you know you know you run your mouth and I may be at a point now where I can't handle that in the way that I did before and I just snapped um so you know I'm gonna get help for that but also can you maybe not trigger that and I know you have been trying um you know to keep and that would be Candace's chance to say I have been trying to keep things moderate but I feel like you haven't been seeing that but now explaining where you know i just it's very frustrating you do want them to sit down together and have a conversation i understand that candace maybe isn't ready but also it's like you're right this constant kind of going past each other and not acknowledging it and monique expecting to do a live podcast with her friends there for them to see how she's changed is like a lot of a stretch like that's not going to do the job that you need it to do do you know what i mean and it's feels like a very poor placeholder in order to be able to do that Yeah, and I I think, I know Maddie had a really great perspective on Monique and just, like, I guess the position and situation and the kind of person she is and the way she's, like, kind of fighting and in survival and all of that. Um, But I think Monique took, the steps she took after the fight were the wrong ones. Grabbing Candace's okay. weave was not the wrong move. That was compelling television, right? <laughs> but it was the calling the women instead of calling Candace. She should have called Karen and said, will you sit down with us? Yeah. I know she might not feel safe with me alone, so will you see if she'll sit down with us? Instead, she said, can you gather the women that have hated me for four seasons and some new woman for me to convince that that wasn't me? And yeah. that went left. She leaked the stories to the blogs, acting like it was Candace's fault. That went left. Um, yeah. I felt like her own husband was like, I haven't even called my friend because you beat up his wife and I really want to call my friend. 
and yeah. make sure he knows that we are real friends. Um, and that we're not every just... Every possible wrong move. Every like, wrong move. Yeah, because... And that's where the tiring part of the fight is coming to, at for me because that's where you start to get all these conversations about respectability politics and mm. how Monique has made black women look bad and stereotypes and la 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 which I just find you know if that was people sitting in front of me telling me about myself I would snap again yeah you know exactly. and that's the problem with respectability politics if you try to make people think that you're this way and get their acceptance you're either going to like win fake favor like win you know it's not real what they praise or you're going to hide who you truly are and you'll ultimately fail because you'll make some mistake and then that's it you're out so I don't know why she wants to play that game. And now it's the conversation of the show about ghetto versus hood versus bougie mm. versus acting right. And I'm like, oh, do we have to? I thought this was about two friends. Yeah. You know? And I that's know. where I get really sad because as a black woman, the times when I've fallen out with other black women are really tough and have taken me to that place that Candace is at, you know, it's not the fight. It's not the physical fight. It's that, Oh my God, someone that I thought was a friend is not. And I always think back to, I once met someone that knew Candace at Howard and they said, that is like who Candace is on the show is who she is. Like, like it or not, that is who she is. She is genuinely like that. And so, what it's always makes me think about well if that's candid like candace is being genuine then monique is the fake and phony one and that shows that shows because she wants those women to approve of her move more than she cares about the person she actually physically hit and was and that the nail on the head Yeah. yeah it's just when the pastor came and can I recommend something to your listeners and uh, and to you as well? Yeah. I did it last you. time. There was there's a podcast called What Else Is Going On hosted by Taria and she did a bonus episode last week mm-hmm. where she had no guest. She just talked herself and she went through like all the seasons leading up to now and the like the friendships that had shifted and how Monique and Candace were actually really solid, like almost not in a Robert and Giselle way, but getting there to that. And really it was Ashley that started to sow the issues between them. Yeah. And Ashley has done unkind things to both Monique and Candace. Yeah. Ashley's Ashley's evil. And this episode that Taria did was just a really great, deep dive into like come on like what are we really talking about when we're talking about these things and and that's why I love this season of Potomac because taking a step back I love how its content has meant that 
African-American women had to, you know, and African-American people and people that are part of that community and cover Bravo or Housewives or something, like you have to hear their opinions on it because these yeah. women are taking it places where it's so nuanced. Like even the colorism of it all, that Candace mm-hmm. and Monique are kind of unstable villains, but Giselle and Robert and Ashley are somehow like never tarred by their crap. Ever. Ever. So true, yeah. And I think Giselle is like the most evil of all of them. She's like diabolical. And hates Monique the most. Why would you, when you've messed up, what person is going to sit down to be lectured by someone they know has hated them for years. Yeah. Why are you giving them that moment to take your character down like that over what was one night? Go to the person that you were friends with and sort it out with them and then the two of you storm in here and snatch up their weaves together. <laughs> yeah, that's the ending we deserve. Yes, and, and because I watched this interview with Candace being interviewed by one of her old, like, Howard classmates who basically was like, you know, I love you, but can you not be saying all this ghetto respectability crap? But Candace was talking about her perspective of the actual physical fight, and she was, her friend said, how did your wig stay on? And she said, I swear to God, I was under all these people, but I dug my fingernails into my weave because I thought there's cameras and there is no yeah. way this woman is going to snatch my weave off and these people are going to see my braids. And she just held her, and that's some respectability politics in itself, but she yeah. held this death grip on her own. She goes, I was digging my nails into my scalp to keep the wig on. Oh. She said that was oh. my only goal when I was down there was to keep the wig on. And she yeah. was smiling and laughing and her friend was laughing and I'm like we could have had this version of the fight right yeah where they made up it was tough but they make through it and they're able to be the shining stars of the season because they're carrying a season because Ashley doesn't want to talk about her dirty man Giselle doesn't want to talk about her dirty man and Poor Karen's life is falling apart. Oh, Giselle has the dirtiest dirty man. He's disgusting. He's Was disgusting. he gaslighting her in that episode? I think so. When they're in the car and then she was like, let's talk about where this relationship is going. Like, I'm sick of long distance. And he's like, you told me you wanted to be independent and you wanted your own space. That's what I gave you. You didn't say you wanted anything else, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, didn't I? Didn't I? I haven't expressed myself. I haven't told you what I want. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> How did yeah. he turn that around? I really don't like him. He gives me a real bad vibe. Yeah, he was, he, when he said, well, the reason we're not there yet is because you've never voiced this as a desire. And I'm like, what like (laughs) that's how you respond to the desire that she's voicing right now is well oh i just he just turned it all back on her he doesn't even live in the same city as the kids and her and the kids do not fuck with him or like not like they do not yeah of course they do they don't want their mum to go back together with him like I think it's very telling that her three like teenage daughters are all like, yeah, no, like normally your kids are like, yeah, get back together again, you know, 
but they do not want their dad a part of their little inner circle. Mm. So can just before we, what else is happening on Potomac? Oh, Wendy and um, her husband. I really like Wendy's husband. Me too. Eddie seems really cute. Yeah, he seems like a, a normal human being. Unlike Michael, yeah. who seems like a corpse. Michael is a corpse. He's a demon corpse. And Maddie calls him potato. Yeah. Also, Ray, I'm going to kind of throw him into the ancient pile. He, I mean, I already have for a few weeks. But when they did their session with the life coach, who, by the way, seemed incredible, and I want her to be my life coach, um, he described Karen's previous role in the marriage as tending to the house and him. And that's all he could have seen that she's ever contributed to their lives together. And she's like, are you serious? Like your whole company and all your tax issues and fraud and stuff. And I held everything down. I pulled us through and I got us through that. How can you not even give me any credit for the fact that I supported you? He thinks he supported them financially and that means everything, but has completely discredited what she's done for their family and their lives for 23 years. Yeah. I, Ray is old, but like that. <laughs> I, felt, that was so I felt really bad. I've the last since that first therapy where he said, "I think I love you," and yeah. then to this one, I felt, and you know what he said to her on the walk as well, where he was like, "We've worked hard for what you've achieved." <laughs> it's like, okay, so now it's we. Yeah. When it's negative, it's me. And, exactly. And. <laughs> And then when he went to this life coach, she was great. Like she was definitely cutting through, but I was just like, if you want someone to cook for you, you can hire someone. Exactly. Um, If you want someone to pay a bill, well, anyone can pay a bill. Yeah. Um, If you want someone to clean or look after your kids, you can also farm that out. Um, (laughs) What you can't farm out is loving your wife. And supporting her and hugging her and agreeing with her and listening to her. And it's just like, he doesn't want to do any of that. He's just like, I've been at work for all these years. And now that I'm at home, I see you do nothing. You know, (laughs) like, it's just. (laughs) Or like, now you want to do things like, no, hang out with me and tend to me. Like, no, like you said, you can farm that out. It's honestly so. I said this last week as well, I think like she kind of held it down when he was going through some tough times and he can't even hold it down when something good is happening, like with them, like she's successful and doing well and thriving. And he does that's, he doesn't even have it in him to pull through that. Whereas she pulled through a very, very, very shitty time with you and stuck through it. Like it's honestly, I feel, I really feel for Karen. Yeah, he doesn't want a wife or a partner, which he's lucky enough to have. He wants a house manager. (laughs) He wants a house manager. And what I find really sad is you're retired, so you could golf or do whatever old men do all day. (laughs) And then, like, okay, you want a meal cooked for you at night? Why don't you take your wife out to dinner? Yeah. And you know what? She's so successful. She'll probably pay. Do Action. something nice with just have fun. He just wants to sit around and move pots, <laughs> shuffling around that kitchen, never cooking. No, I don't. I think it would be this is what I talk about like, stop waiting for the moment 
as a woman where you think you're going to have your freedom, right? She probably thought, I'm going to raise these kids. My kids are raised. They're in college. They're established. They're not fucking up their lives. I'm going to do this reality show and I'm going to make a perfume, right? (laughs) And then you've got this old man coming up behind you saying, you're still not doing enough. And she's like, I thought this was my time. I did everything. I did it all. And no... No, but me. And it's yeah. like, oh. Yeah. Don't it's wait. Very... Don't wait for oh. what you need. Just take it. Yeah, always that's... there telling you that you've got to be doing something else with your time. Exactly. I hope. I mean, they're still together. Karen said that in lockdown it's been challenging, but they've been forced to kind of um, confront issues in their marriage together. So maybe... Maybe they're working it out in real time, you know. And here you have freaking Monique and Candace trying to get her to solve their problems too. Like, you're like yeah. a mother to us. And it's like, you're not my children. You both have your own mothers. Like, can you <laughs> well, yeah. sort this out? Like, yeah, I know Dorothy. But, you know, like, you have solid people. You, you both have really good husbands. No yeah, shame. they do. Like, Whatever, Chris and Chris both have faults. White Chris and Chris Samuels both have faults, right? But they do really want the best for the woman they're in a relationship with. Whatever that looks like, they want the best for them. Like, he thinks he's made enough. Like, Chris Samuels is like, I've made enough money. Honey, if you're tired, hire someone to fix this problem. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly like Okay, boo, but she's like, oh, I want him to hire someone. And it's like, this is Kyle behaviour. Like, nothing will ever be good enough for you. But, like, that's a a pretty, like, your husband's willing to financially support you to take these burdens off, right? He also has unrealistic expectations about how much you will have sex with him. But, um... (laughs) <laughs> you know, there is, he does want you to feel happy and full of energy and have time for you. And then Chris is just like, Candace, shut up. Um, stop talking. <laughs> you know. So it's funny. They're decent men. They're not. And so yeah. why are these women running to Karen and being like, fix our problems? And she's like, this old man wants me to fix these problems. These grown women want me to fix their problems. Like, where's my time? Where's my LaDame time? Like, I was referenced in a Beyonce song. Why is no one respecting my time? And speaking of actually Karen and being a mother to these two idiots, um, Monique, we found out, or we see, has just found out that Karen also said to Candace that she would have pressed charges if this happened to her. And Monique is just learning this information because Karen's, you know, been very supportive to her and stuff. And she was absolutely shook. Like, this is what I talk about, the sliding doors mm. of it all. Yeah. Like, she had, Monique had this breakthrough where she realised it wasn't her fault. Oh, sorry, it wasn't Candace's fault. Yeah. And then the next week she's complaining that no one believes she's changed. And it's like, but girl, you hadn't changed. Like you exactly. had it, you 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 yourself said you're in some adrenaline thing for that long, and then you sat down with the pasta, and you were still doubling down. And Chris was looking at her like she was crazy. 
Like when she yeah. finally broke down, Chris was like, thank God. Like now we can yeah. start to do what needs to be done because you know she's been around the house on Instagram the whole time and with her brother who runs all these fake IG pages or whatever, allegedly. <laughs> and just saying, oh, did you see what this person, this person, and like this comment and get that meme and then a lot for, for a week. Yeah. You know, she was like on been- a... Yeah. He was on a fucking thing about this. And then the pastor managed to bring her back down. He's like, finally, my wife is back. We can yeah. make up with our friends. And yeah. not lo and behold, charges, because what was Candace supposed to do? I don't, I do, would I ever press charges? Hell no. But would yeah. I be so furious that I'd want to beat Monique's ass myself now? Yes. Maybe. It's been yeah. two weeks and she's spoken to everyone we know except me and the yeah. whole world. And it's now very- I'm attached to my phone reading crazy comments and putting post-its around my house. I just want this to end. <laughs> I want it to stop. And so I'm going to press charges because that's what my mum said and that's what my surrogate mother, Karen, said. <laughs> Yeah, you can't blame Candace then for getting to that conclusion, I guess. But my guess believe... is it's also what Bravo said. Yeah. Who? But Monique doesn't think it's criminal charges. She's asserting that it's civil, a civil suit. She wants money. Candace doesn't need your money. Yeah, right. She's like, like Candace doesn't herself. need it. You just, like, this is what makes me so mad. Because if they played it right, they would have secured themselves for another four seasons right on this show if yeah. this show goes you could tell can she waited two weeks to press the charges as karen said i would have pressed charges that night right or giselle whichever one yeah. said that but she gave her friend two weeks to make to this right out. not only yeah. because that's her friend um but also because you know they're on a show so they're trying to work out is this going to play out on camera or not and then also, like, three, as a black, why do you want to charge a black mother of three with charges? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. to be fair, this was over a year ago, so it's not this big Black Lives Matter moment. But people like Candace would have known the optics of that enough to have not done it immediately. Whereas yeah. Karen, who, again, like, while she's not a green-eyed bandit, you're talking about light-skinned women, very privileged women, like these kind of bougie women, Candace kind of traverses that in a way that I find a bit more interesting. She's younger, yeah. so she has the bougie-ness, but she also has this... The awareness. Awareness, as well as there's a fun to it. Like, she can mix and match her personalities. You know, yeah, she right. a bit of queer slang in there she'll chuck a bit of hood slang in there she'll chuck a bit of bougie in there she feels like a bit more real than say like that kind of potomac society but she does (laughs) have that in her because she has that kind of jack and jill background but it's just like i like candace and monique i like their energies i like the way they kind of traverse that society thing with being younger and more vocal yeah i mean i did not like candace on her first season but she grew on me a bit more and she's quite funny i didn't like her i can appreciate a housewife even if i don't like him 
True. I could appreciate how she came in for her first season to secure the second season, but God, she was annoying. The other thing is, like, at this point in time, anyone that came for Michael Darby's ass like that, I'm like, mm. yes. Like, yes. thank you. Call. Like, because Candace is like, I've got a white husband and my white husband ain't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Get a date. Get a... <laughs> So true. Because that's what people keep saying. How can Candace call her bed wench when she has a white husband? It's like, mm-mm. It's, mm-mm. <laughs> they have a very, it's a very different power dynamic for Candace and Chris. <laughs> okay. So true. Candace, just, Chris <laughs> is alone in that house with Candace, right? <laughs> Michael is a man. He's a whole mess. Can I just say also, I don't understand why Candace is with Chris at all. What does he bring to the table? Like, she didn't even say the sex was good. In that reunion, when oh, asked. that was so like, mean. Yeah, it was okay. I'm like, what? That's literally the only thing I could think of as to why these two are together. Because I have, like, he's got kids from a previous relationship. She's obviously the one with the money. Like, I just don't understand the appeal or, like, how this is working. I think she genuinely, like, they love each other. Like they get like you know that I didn't even think of that as an option. <laughs> yeah, I know that sounds crazy. Um, and I think any like the fact she's mean to him, um, or has been previously. You know, she said some mean stuff like about how the sex was bad, or um, um, she said something about how him being bad dad. Like you haven't even seen your kids or something like that. She said something like that to him. Really? Yeah. Before they got married, she said some really low shit, but, um, yeah, she gets below the belt when she fights like verbally though. She will be like, you'll be decimated by the end of this conversation because she does not care. Yeah. And I think people like there is an element, uh, gonna, uh, we're adding myself here. Sometimes when like the man standing in front of you as a black woman is a white man, and you're in a relationship and you know you can drag this person in a way that you could never drag like your white manager but you drag yeah. him as if he is your white manager he's every white manager he's the original overseer he's cook like sometimes i'd be like get your cook ass out of here to shorty right captain cook but like it's like you if you're good with your words and this this man is really frustrating you you are going to drag him to the depths and sometimes that means dragging a a white man in a way people have never seen before and that that makes them uncomfortable everyone's like oh sure he's so nice why do you talk to him like that you know why because no one else in the world talks to him like that everyone else talks to him like the way you do oh he's so nice we love you (laughs) but it's true like last week's episode, like Candace might say awful things to him, but she respects him. He said, yeah. shut up and stop talking. And eventually she did change her tone and come back at Ashley being like, I understand you're d- defending your friend, but I'm in this place. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. but when he said, shut up, she did eventually do that. And, <laughs> and I was watching that. And I said to, I was watching with a friend. I said, man, if Shorty ever had to tell me to shut up in public, <laughs> oh, he might not make it out, out of it alive. And I love that person. But yeah. after I killed him, I would have <laughs> to stop and think and say, wow, the person that like knows me the most and really roots for me 
was telling me to shut up and I probably crossed into this place that I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> and now yeah. the love of my life is dead because I murdered him. <laughs> you know? And so I think she res- she life. does respect him. I think she loves him. I, you know, I think they're in love. It's yeah, weird. Like, it is. It's gross, but I think that's sort of what it is. Um, yeah, they're good yeah. for each other. He probably likes something about her too. I mean, yeah, she's hot and, like, rich. (laughs) I like her for that, you know? Yeah, maybe she's smart too or something. We don't know. Yeah, I reckon she might be. I reckon she's funny. She's funny, yep. And she's, like, I don't know. I think being with her would be, like, her princessness would be funny to me as well. Like, you know, she'd talk about different cups and different outfits and different wigs and all these things that you're like, this doesn't mean anything to me, but it's amusing. And I see that you're passionate about it and, <laughs> and I'm getting into it too. You know? Yeah. I think that's what Kim gets out of being with me. I think hopefully it's entertaining, but a yeah. lot of times she's like, what, what is this? Why do you need this candle? Or not this one. I'm like, cause this one's diptyque and we're not allowed to like that one. You can like the other one, but, this one's obviously my favorite. <laughs> we don't light it. She's like, this is entertaining, but you're crazy. That sounds like something that Candace would say too. Yeah. <laughs> this one's better. But Kim's like, but you never light this one. So do you want, if I were to get you a candle one day, would you prefer this one? I'm like, no, no, no. That's the one that's lit. We don't care about that one. The other one is the good one. Mm. I think we assume that Chris doesn't know who his wife really is when he's probably seen much worse than we've ever seen. And he still loves her. Like, he's still with her. And I don't think it's for the money or because he can't stand Dorothy either. He's like, can't we just live in a smaller house and not take money from your mom? That's true. <laughs> like, can't we just do that, Candace? And she's, <laughs> she's like, like no. no. And he's like, but it's bad for your mental health. And she's like, no. I want my I'll go to therapy. <laughs> and I'll go to therapy. And you're like, okay, girl. You want that. Anyway, I, I, I like, I, this is the thing. It's like, I do like Candace and I do like Monique. I think they're fun. I loved, I, you know, while I didn't like anything that came out of her mouth, I love that she was washing her kid's hair. <laughs> and the kid was just like, ow, ow. I'm like, oh my God, that was like me as a kid. Like, I just feel like, mom, it hurts. But um, moms don't give a fuck. They don't care. They've got other stuff but to when, do. Uh, yeah, when my dad used to do it though, because I would complain so much, he would be so gentle. But then he wouldn't do it right anyway. So I'd have to. My mom would have to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. You suffer for mom, a reason. But so yeah, it's what funny because they're probably out of everyone on the show, my two favorites. Like and in the terms, I find them the most compelling. I yeah. I think Monique comes through with the lifestyle. Candace's fashion is questionable, but her makeup's always good. Beautiful. Um, whereas, like, and then let's—I'll chuck Robin in there because I think her kids are funny. Yeah, and I mean, Robin has her moments. I don't find her like that compelling. She's good filler in like entertainment in between. Giselle, I just never want to watch. I hate her house. I hate her style. I don't like seeing her with Jamal. That made me uncomfortable. Ashley is a sociopath and. Michael's usually around and I hate him. So it's like, oh, yeah. Karen. I chuck Karen in there. I like, actually, Definitely. I'm going to take Robin out, even though I love her <laughs> kids, and put Karen in there. 
because I really yeah. like Karen, Monique and Candace are the most compelling. Ashley tries to distract us all too much. So I don't even care anymore. Yeah, same. It's meaningless. She's just holding on until she can get the maximum amount of like cash out of her terrible marriage. I do like her uncle and I'm slowly falling in love with baby Dean. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, baby I know Dean. that's me. <laughs> He looks exactly like Michael. Ew. He does, but that's not his fault. And I actually <laughs> think that he, like, I like that he's just always there. And he's, he, baby Dean witnessed the most epic season of Housewives in real time. Like, he's a hero. I like yeah. His, I like his personality. <laughs> All right, I'll let you have that one. Shall we move on? Baby, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, he's a baby, but he's just he's a baby. Um back can we move on to Atlanta? Because I have just been dying to speak to you. Dying. So I just watched season 10 and the season 10 three-part reunions, which also known as the public takedown of Kim Zolciak fucking Beerman. And it was so beautiful and wonderful and hilarious to watch. I was like, I can't believe that I never saw this. Like I just never watched Atlanta. And since lockdown started, I was like, this is finally the time I can commit and I can watch the series. I started at like season four, I think. Um, But you know, I've watched six seasons and it is objectively unequivocally the greatest franchise of all of them. Agree. I think you don't have Potomac without Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I also think Atlanta is is consistent like i love new york but it had some like remember um cindy on new york like the seasons when they had cindy and then you had oh like yeah i rewatched new york recently because i always skipped the seasons that bethany wasn't in for some reason but i went back and watched the aviva and the heather ones and i actually did end up loving heather aviva was deranged but it was quite boring yeah, it was quite, it didn't have the, the cast kind of feel. And I no. think also... Um, Heather's been spotted filming, though, in the Hamptons. I've, the I've, I have seen that. Um, but I, I think if you think of when Atlanta came along, there was only New York and OC. Yeah, yeah. And I had, like, OC was the last franchise I ever watched. I'd watched Atlanta before OC. And I just think Atlanta takes the best parts of OC, the best parts mm-hmm. of New York, mm-hmm. and then adds this whole another layer to it. And it's yeah. consistently great. Like, and it, it's pacey. It keeps it moving. Like New York, they don't harp on one thing forever. Atlanta is like, okay, we have this, great. And they do talk about things again later, but thing, it's dynamic. It's very dynamic. I think you can... Like, especially you watched seasons four to ten. Like, yeah. you never know each season, like, who's going to be aligned with who. Yeah. Like, they it's change friendships. Yeah, they, their friendships change. My favourite season, I think, is season six. And the one with the pyjama party. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember being like, what is happening? <laughs> I've never seen it. Like, it was the best. It was, it was the just... best. And everything, so much changes. Like, I'm pretty sure you start that season with Nini and Kenya as friends. 
And yeah, I think so. Then by is that the season where she also calls Peter a bit? And then yes. obviously you get Portia Ooh. and Ken. Um and like you end the season with the reunion with Portia and Kenya. <laughs> you also yeah. have Candy. Candy at that pajama party loses her mind. Yeah, I've never seen Candy lose it as, other than like, but everyone gets involved. It was like a free-for-all pile on husbands, wife, like housewives, everyone. Everyone was just on top of each other and fucking losing it. And did Kenya kind of instigate it? Oh, there was two fights happening that night. It was so a polo, was, right? There was a polo instigating with Kenya because that's yep. what you're getting a lot of in that those seasons. And um, is Apollo, who is just discussed like one of the worst house husbands ever ever yeah is he still in jail Mm, i think he's out of jail now okay cool maybe it's very recent yeah anyway um and like and then kenya starts it kenya starts it and then peter is involved too kenya has her assistant there they're fighting yes and And then yeah, and then also later, like, Cynthia's sister is trying to break up a fight and Candy's like, I'm going to beat someone if you don't take your hands off me because someone else at the pajama party implied that Todd was cheating on Candy. Yeah. But there was just so much going on in that one so fight. going on. It was <laughs> the most epic fight and episode I've ever literally ever seen i couldn't keep track of who was fighting who it just looked insane and then the reunion with the megaphone and the oh my god i remember when the first Portia time i reached went... over and grabbed kenya i was like what the actual fuck is happening not that i don't think kenya sometimes doesn't deserve that but i did not see it coming from Portia. just bam grabbed her i did as soon as she pulled out that megaphone i was like this is the most offensive way you can talk to another human being. Yeah. Just have a megaphone and be blasting in the face. It's not even about what you're saying. It's just yeah. the most offensive just antagonist. I wanted to do it. I wanted <laughs> to do it. And then Cynthia, and you get the bonus thing of Cynthia's titty flies out. And, <laughs> and it's just, and then Portia's on the ground. When Portia's on the ground and they're like on top of her, I was like, I'll, I mean, I'll never see a reunion like this ever again. The amount of time security has to get on top of Portia in the filming of this show. I, I, what about when they're on the boat and the security the is like literally... Yeah, you actually can't even see Portia because this, the production or security is so big <laughs> and she's under him because he's holding, she's holding, he's holding her down on the ground and you can't even see Portia because yeah. it's just... Oh, like... And I, I have to say, like, Portia is, like, that journey from wow. where she starts to where she is now, that horrible first marriage. Um, horrible. The hired boyfriends, you know, then you get what happens now. I'm just, like, it's been beautiful to watch P- Portia grow up. Like, what happens now? Is it going to be okay? Because I like her. Yeah, she has a baby. She's fighting okay. for civil rights. She's getting therapy. She is. She is very vocal on social media. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's getting therapy. She's gone back to being vegan, I think. Baby vegan. 
and <laughs> she calls it baby vegan. <laughs> but um, just looking real pretty and single. And oh my god, at the season ten reunion in that like dark purple blue kind of velvet dress with the shoulders and the open chest and the crown fucking tiara and her hair and these long wavy locks i was like that she's have and when she said she was the goddess of love i was like yes honey you are aphrodite you are so beautiful she just very regal very stunning loved that dress loved the shoulders so much i just oh incredible that's the other thing i would say about atlanta too like i think you know, if you look at a series like Beverly Hills, which is very glam-dominated, I think it's probably the most glam-dominated season. I feel mm-hmm. like Atlanta manages to give you the occasional look, especially yeah. in professional, like... Oh, but Cynthia also, with the red hair and that dark red top, whatever was happening, she looks stunning. Like Can someone needs, needs to make a book about Cynthia's talking heads looks like alone but then also like the wigs and like wigs have just come into beverly hills's fashion rotation (laughs) just now yeah thanks lisa rinna but the wigs and i i I have to say this because it's something and and i don't think you would have seen it because you started from season four right but when Mm -hmm. kim talks about her wigs because kim wears a wig oh yeah no i know that seasons and she like when she's finished, when she wears a wig once, she throws it out and has a new one. What? Yeah. So not only is this white woman, she's the only white woman on a cast. And so she's wearing a wig that looks like her natural hair. Her natural hair looks like the wig actually. And yeah, so I, I, I always wondered if she was kind of wearing a wig to maybe fit in a bit. Um <laughs> But then she hadn't asked anyone how to care for a wig, um, <laughs> which meant she'd just spent exorbitant amounts of money on buying new wigs every time. Or like really trash ones. And then there's a season where she comes to the reunion with her natural hair. It's hilarious. It's hilarious that a white woman has this storyline on TV. I, I just, <laughs> I'll never not think about it. Um and so just like the variety of what you see over the years, the mess, the changing friendships, um, big villains, um, Phaedra, Kenya. Phaedra. Can we talk about Phaedra for a second? Oh. Phaedra scares the living daylight out of me. Like she's just the most intense person. I saw the clip again today where she read Kenya for filth at um, one of the reunions and she was like, talking about her husband and her children and she's like your baby is going to be someone that you had like you trolled the weekends looking for a sperm donor for someone who needed ten dollars to be able to get a medium pizza like probably an axe murder or a pedophile I was like oh my god what a thorough reading of someone like she just completely ended her life i know phaedra is one of the most like intense terrifying tv villains like ever yeah. Um, I'm talking like across all scripted everything. everything. <laughs> um, but her like confessionals, her reads, all of that. I don't. I don't know. If she had a ghostwriter for them. All. Everything about. She's I loved watching Phaedra become maleficent. Like I loved that. Like whereas you've got Portia has this quite beautiful 
redemptive like hero arc um yeah you know from dumb to act- activist who finally embraces you know her own grandfather's history and knows what the underground railroad really <laughs> is you know and and it's beautiful and she's got her baby but um Phaedra was like the opposite. It was like this Christian yeah. woman who's lying about a pregnancy. Oh my god! When she was lying about just... being five or six months pregnant, but she was due, and they're like, "How can you be due?" And she was like, "Well, you know, I don't know a lot, and for my first baby, I'd appreciate any advice." And Nini was like, "Carry it to term." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I mean, yeah, a whole new ball game." I said, that's the thing. From that lie, the lies just get bigger and bigger and bigger until you get to Candy was going to drug and rape Portia. Like, that's the final lie. Like, spoiler alert. That was the nail in the coffin, so to speak. I know she's a mortician. But when she told Portia that Candy and Todd wanted to drug her and have sex with her, which, as Candy pointed out, the reunion is fucking rape and sexual assault. That was the end for Phaedra. You just because Portia finally realized. I don't know if it was staged or whatever, but at the season ten reunion, no season ten, season, mm, season nine, season eleven. No, no, no. It was season no, nine. nine, nine. Sorry, yeah. you're right. Nine. She, um, she realized that Phaedra because Phaedra had told her that she heard it directly from Candy. That's why Portia believed her in quotation marks. And then at the reunion, it. Phaedra kind of stumbled on her words and said that it was told to her, not by Candy, but from someone else. And she's like, I shouldn't have repeated a hair, like hearsay. I shouldn't have passed this on. And Portia's like, wait, what? The only reason I fucking believed you is because you said you heard it from Candy specifically. And then it all went down and Portia realized her friend had used her as like a pawn to get back at Candy for being friends with her ex-husband, I guess. Like that was the roundabout reason. And can I just say something? I remember, like, I did think that was dog of Candy and Todd at the time because Apollo was clearly not in the right. But then it's also this thing of, like, no, Phaedra was the bigger abuser. (laughs) Phaedra was the abuser in that relationship. And he went to prison because of how much she had controlled their lives, right? Because mm-hmm. she had no criminal responsibility, he had it all. But so I do remember at the time thinking, oh, Candy and Todd are wrong for that. And then when it came out, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You're evil. Like, she's evil. She's just pure to the core evil. And it's, I mean, very wonderful to watch. But she did go way too far with that rumor mm-hmm. and would do what she did to Portia. And I mean, watching Candy, like, cry and yell made me so so upset. The lies! (laughs) But it just also, like, for me, going back to Monique and Candace, Phaedra and Candy watching that friendship fall apart was Mm. was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. And I'm so glad, like, I hope Candy, like, just got, like, we know her checks are big at Bravo, and I know they got bigger after that because the rumour was it was production yeah. that told like, that that's what had happened, that it was something with production or it was just Phaedra being crazy and evil. But either way, Candy hopefully, I think, got a lot of money out of it. Um, I hope so. Because it was so out of line. Like, it was so out of line. And she, as she said, like, I'm in the music industry. Like, 
I know stories of awful things to yeah. ever be like act like I would be a part of something like that is disgusting to me and horrifying and actually really hurtful and oh like that was yeah. bad that was that so was real bad. bad that was really really bad but again how important to ever become friends again I know that they kind of talk now but no, no freaking frack no no I think it, it no because it, you'll see like as you like oh you've seen on to the next season um, yeah I'm like a bit way through Porsche is a little bit on shaky ground um, yeah they're and, not all ready to take her back on yet yeah and so you never get I really like seeing Porsche and Nini be friends though I like that too. I like it when Nini and Candy are friends as well. Me too. We see each other. <laughs> we see each other. Um, you know, and I also, I said what I said and what you said was yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it's great. I, like the lines, like all of that. That's the thing. There's so many catchphrases. Stuff that I say that I didn't even re- I didn't even realise so many things came from there. Mm. And I can't think of any other examples right now. My mind just went blank, but... There are so many Well, the obvious one is, um, again, like you've got, it's the only other one with a Beyonce reference. <gasps> I can't believe still to this day that Beyonce referred to fucking Gone With The Wind fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> she was so drunk in that video after the Super Bowl, but I still can't believe that she said those words. But also, like, just... And, you know, to talk about, and it was interesting because I don't like Kenya Moore. Um, I hate Kenya Moore. I hate Kenya Moore. A lot of people hate Kenya Moore. Yeah, she's, she's just so the worst. low down. Like, I would never yeah. want to be around a person like that. Um, yeah. Because they're so kind of hurt that they hurt you, you know? They can't yeah, help that. That's the way of saying it. So hurt that they hurt you. I know. It's like, remember when, Mar- when they went camping and Marlo said, that awful thing to her about like why would we want why would anyone want anything to do with you when your own mother didn't and I think mm-hmm. but I think that summarizes a lot of like Ken, like Kenya's story is horrible like she sees it's her horrible. biological mom but her mom never acknowledges her yeah like, her mom's in the family um and there yeah her mom's her sister just, her auntie is very close with her and yeah. even she's like, you don't have the right to go to your mother's house and try and demand her to talk to. And Kenya's like, what? Of course I do. No, something happened. Like, I just yeah, think that there's, a, there's something very dark. Like, it's a very dark family thing. And, yeah. and I think that just comes through in everything she does. Um, okay. Also, but- I, knew, I knew as soon as she got married, she would be completely backtracking the way she... She would shit on everyone's husband. She would talk about everyone's relationships. And then as soon as she herself got a man, it was, no, he's private. No, we don't want to talk about that. No, no one will meet him. Like, I knew that would be exactly what she was going to do. And the thing is, like, I can excuse a lot of it as just, like, this is what we tune in to watch, right? But what really got me was the season where she implied that um, Kim Fields' husband was gay. Mm. And because he was like a Broadway actor or something. And she just kept coming for this woman who was just kind of famous and regular, you know, like Kim Fields is big in her own right and famous, but she was a regular. Like mum and wife. Yeah. And I just, Kenya was just awful to her. 
Like that I was one say, of the most predator. non-threatening people. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was more like she was the only career competition, I guess, but not really because Kim Fields actually has an IMDb career. Yeah. Um, but I will say her husband dealt with that very graciously. Like at the reunion, he's like, I am not offended by you calling me gay. Like that is not an offensive term for me. And I have a lot of friends and family and who are gay. And I just want them to know that I love and support them. And I was like, wow, what a really gracious way of dealing with that rumor. And I remember, I think in the last reunion, there might've been a question in where they were like, no one ever pulls, or maybe Eva mentioned it. Like no one ever pulls people up on the latent homophobia by trying to accuse someone or out someone for being gay. Like Eva was like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, that wasn't your business. And I didn't appreciate you trying to come for me. Like it was a bad thing. Like, and I would say that is one of the worst. I think that's the show's um, failing quality in a recurring way is that, um, homosexuality or the implication of it is constantly used yeah. as negative fodder, yeah. whether that be a storyline or a comment or whatever. Um, it's, I don't, that's, that's probably the, the homophobe and, and a lot of the series have this, right. You know, yeah, the idea of, of you know, my gays, my gays, my gays, my gays are trying to imply someone's husband's gay, but then they turn around and, imply someone's husband or Denise Richard ate a box or, you know, like it's a lot of the shows have this problem. Um, I think yeah. Beverly Hills, I would say Beverly Hills and Atlanta are the worst culprits. Yeah, I would it, agree with that. And um, yeah, it's really sad because I also would say Atlanta has the best friend ofs and like friends. So like you had, Oh, you didn't watch the early seasons. No, yeah. should I watch them? Well, you're missing the classic charade stuff. Oh, God. She made me very sad at the season 10 reunion. She was just all over. The- didn't know what she was saying. Yeah, so you're missing cl- like the stuff that makes Sheree an icon because she's an OG. All I know is, who's going to check me, boo? Who- oh, have we seen that full scene, though? Not the full scene, no. Oh, but was it like God. a lawyer or someone? No, I think he's a party planner. <laughs> and he looks like CeeLo Green and he just, she stays calm, 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 calm. And then she says, the, he says, you better check yourself. And she said, who's going to check me, boo? Completely calm. And he just loses it. His colleagues have to drag him out of the office. He loses it. But, um, and you also get Dwight. You also get Miss Lawrence. Um, like you get these really gay, great. I know Dwight. Yeah, you get Dwight, you get Miss Lawrence. What about Derek J, the um, hairstylist? I don't know her. Mm. Anyway, you get these great um, side characters and then you end up with obviously like someone like Marlo who... I do not like her. She has bad energy. I love Marlo. She does You like love Marlo? Yeah. I'm sorry. Ugh. So did you watch the season where they go to South Africa? Is that season four? When Candy meets Todd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more iconic than Sheree and Marlo's fight in South Africa. They're not even talking. They're not even talking. It goes on for like a minute where they're just not talking to each other. And I'm like, this is a friend of, and it's brilliant, and Marlo never wants to be anything more than a friend of. Like, she's not fighting for a peach. She's just 
there to have fun. There to have fun. And like, if she comes for you, she will not miss. I want you to keep going because there's something that Kenya Moore does to her in the last season. So season 12. Okay. Um, the one that just happened that I can just, it's one of those scenes where I just, I never, I replay it in my head constantly. Really? Okay. Because the one that I'm watching now, Kenya doesn't seem to be in season 11, which I'm fine with. I needed a break, but Eva's kind of boring and I don't even know the other one's name. Shamari? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Shamari. Yeah. She's a mess. She's Um, a mess. Oh, this is the Greg's got cancer. I can't stop crying. Every scene he's in, I'm like, I get choked up and emotional. It's a real bummer. And to be honest, like, that's another one of those moments where, like, I can just relate too much. Mm. Sort of like with Dorinda, where I'm like, you guys aren't being nice enough to your friend when her husband has cancer. Like, I know she's being mean and crazy, but you're not being good enough to your friend right now. Yeah. Um... Because her husband might die. But I don't know if Greg was ever going to really die like that. I don't know. But it's, it's hard know, to be a carer. It's yeah, really we, hard. We've talked about this just in our lives. It is that, that role of carer is absolutely draining and unrelenting and will do things to you. Yeah, and it's even harder when you thought your relationship maybe wasn't in the best place. And you were mm. maybe thinking of flying the coop. And then now you, this thing happens where you're obviously like terrified of losing them, but you're also yeah. locked up with this person who's also going through something really tough. And they're not always nice all the time. Yeah. So Nini really, and I, they did support her the best they could on a TV show. But yeah. um, that season bummed me out. But yeah, I already feel quite bummed out by it. I'm ready to. I I just want to speed through over the next couple of days, and then I'll be on season twelve. Yeah, no, the Real Housewives of Atlanta is a gift. It is, yeah. I think, the best. Like, if you're going to sit down and watch something, it's one of the best. I've started watching Jersey from the beginning as well, and I might it, do that next. It has. Oh, I I realized I never watched the first few seasons. I, I don't I only watch the first few seasons. I only watched when Melissa came. Right? And yeah, Melissa Gorga came. That's when I started. But then I went back and watched season one and season two. And I'm just like, oh my God, Daniel Stump's the worst. And this is just a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're a whore. And then she flips the table. Yeah. And, oh. and so did you, can I just ask you another question? You yeah. have to go back and watch the first four seasons because did you see the scene where Kim and Nene have the fight on the tour bus? No, but I've seen clips of it. <gasps> but I'm going to go back. I think I'm going to do it. I mean, the thing is, I didn't really know anyone, so I felt crazy going right back to season one when I already had no context. So I was like, I just skipped the part where I was like, I kind of know these people. But now that I know everyone, I want the backstory. So I'm going to go back and do one to four. You have to do the first four, I think, because it's comparable to Jersey in the sense that it's so raw. Okay. Like, they look like regular people. <laughs> They, like, they had that, none of the fame or, like, Nini isn't Nini yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's what I think would be so fascinating. But you've got to well, watch her get there and watch what, because, you know, she, it was originally going to be an all-black cast. But she got she, Kim on. And she got Kim on, which makes <laughs> it the first diverse cast ever in Housewives wow. history. Do you know what I mean? Like, we talk about these editions of Garcelle now, 
And then you look that Atlanta like did that from its inception. Yeah. I also in in the season 10 reunion where they were talking to Kim, she's like, I've got my own show, blah, blah, blah. And Kim's going off about how she's got Tardy or whatever. And Nini's just like, why do you have your own show? Why? And kind of paused and made it really uncomfortable. And I was like, ooh, this good. I need to go back and watch the pre-story to where these two ended up. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's well, yeah, it's fascinating. And I, I would love for you to watch them because I want you to, I always thought that Kim lied on Nini. Like she basically says there's something that physical happens off camera. And I've just always she felt, was broke. yeah, I always felt that Kim was lying. I don't know why. It just, like, you see that that's when Kim is starting to, she can't help but be the only white woman on the cast. You know what I mean? She can't help but fall into that yeah. and be this racist. And, ooh, the fact that she didn't get her the shit beaten out of her over and over again shows <laughs> how amazing the rest of the cast are. Yeah, and because- strange they are. <laughs> Because man, she just she and, by the, and she deserved what happened in season ten. And again, yeah. Atlanta showing you a gang up can be done right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a masterful takedown. They all said, "We for this one moment, we are going to all be united. Everything that divides us is forgotten to take down this white woman because we've been dealing with her racism." For 10 yes. years. And then right after the reunion, I think I spoke to you before I'd even finished the episode. And then I went back and there was like two and a half minutes where everyone had left the set and she it was in her room and she summoned Andy to the like bathroom or whatever. And was like, why, why didn't you stop that? And blah, blah, blah. And not one positive question. And he was like, well, you didn't have a positive season. But then she was like, those nine black women came to me. And I was like, oh, you're a racist bitch. She was going to say like, something fucking nasty and it was caught on camera and she was just like i hate her i'm so glad she's gone and i mean obviously she was a fucking racist but i'm glad she's gone and that's the thing those all those nine black women sat there together because you know andy cohen's never gonna do the right thing right never never Never. gonna do the right thing they didn't let andy ask other questions (laughs) (laughs) they they took over the show and this was their time to do this. Yeah. And I was, I was, I remember watching that at home cheering because same. I felt elevated out of my body. Because in the same way, you know, there's horrible things from Lisa Vanderpump's mouth on a cutting room floor. Can you imagine mm. what they have have of Kim Zolciak? <laughs> and then the reason Andy was ended up going with it, I think was because she then came for him and chewed yeah. him out. And I was like, honey, no. Also, nothing. No, no one watches. Don't be tardy. Like, well, I don't. Weird, freaky daughters. And, but you Mm -hmm. know, all of that came, all of this is born from this beautiful thing called Real Housewives of Atlanta. I can't Mm -hmm. wait for you to get to the Zoom reunion again. Something for the canon, setting the tone, innovation. They were the first ones to do it. No one else had the guts to do it. And they did the best one. Like, no one managed to do one as good as them. So I remember reading about it and seeing it, but I hadn't experienced it yet, so I couldn't engage. It was so good. It made me so hopeful. And and then every reunion since then has been terrible. Terrible. Except New York. Except New York, but that's because... 
But I was going to say, if Atlanta's the gift, Beverly Hills is the curse that we've been shackled with. And it was announced this week. I think it was accidentally announced because Kathy Hilton posted something on someone's Instagram post. So then they announced it, but she's joining the fucking cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to join her sister Kyle. And it's just like, can Bravo read the room? Like, do you know what people wanted? Not another Richard sister. We never did. We don't even want Kyle. We certainly don't want another one. Like, I've had enough of this family. I don't even want to see Kyle anymore. So basically you're telling me it's going to be Kyle, another one of her sisters, Rena, Erica Jane. Like, I don't want this. They just really missed the point of what the audience wants, I think. I blocked it out because <laughs> this is exactly what I said I didn't want. I said, don't bring anyone on that is going to be a friend to Kyle. And you yeah. know what that makes me think? This is Kyle's takedown season. Their production yeah. has told her, this is your fucking takedown season. Open and honest, okay? This is your takedown season. And she said, okay, I'll do it. Because she her line is, we all have our time when we have to stand in the fire and take it. Yes. <laughs> she said, I'll do it, but my sister's here. Do you reckon? I don't know. Well, if that's the case, leave the damn show. She wasn't going to leave the damn show, but she wasn't going to let them gang up on her with no... I heard it, I've heard that Erica Jane's been demoted. Oh, good. Wonderful. At least there's... That she, but I wonder if that's just internet rumours because she yelled at that fan account. <gasps> She's crazy. And also, okay, old person, you clearly don't get how Instagram works because someone wanted... Basically, she reshared a picture or an edit that someone had created on their Instagram fan account. And they were like, hey, could you give us credit, please? Because I created that artwork. And she was like, why don't you give Kyle Richards credit for taking that photo of me? Blah, 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 blah. And clearly does not understand how internet meme culture works. <laughs> that, was, that was it for me. That was totally it for me, that line. Why don't you give Kyle credit? Because she took the picture, original <laughs> picture that then got cut up in to this meme. Yeah. It was just like, and what was so funny is the account had, they had credited Bravo for the- Bravo, account. yeah, they already had credited Bravo. Mm. <laughs> it was just like, all right, grandma, go join your dumb husband. Um, but also, yeah. I just don't know why you're being- Why um, are you pushing this? And she thought she was really doing something. Like, she came for them and she really, like, did something on the internet. And everyone's like, no, idiot. That's not, what are you doing? You're coming to bat for the wrong thing and you're dying on the wrong hill. Fuck off. That sounds a lot like Erica. Do you know what I mean? That's a lot of Erica's problem. You're dying on the wrong hill. We would have had a much better season if Erica had chosen to be on Denise's side. Oh, incredible. Yeah, and that was she was the only one that actually got an apology out of Denise for whatever she felt was done to her in Rome. Where Denise said, I apologise on behalf of Aaron. I know he's not here, but I apologise. And you know, like, and I don't think she even needed to apologise on behalf of Aaron. He didn't... He was... Compl- like, Eric was completely antagonising him and coming at him way harder. He just was responding in a very conversational manner. Like, yes, I do think you should look at yourself in the mirror. You're not acting very right. So can I ask, is Kathy going to hold a diamond? I think so. I think... Well, because on the caption it said she's not a friend of... She's part of the family. I just don't understand what I'm going to learn about Kathy Hilton that I don't already know. Did you watch the This Is Paris documentary? I feel like you can find out all you want to know from that. I haven't watched that yet, but I've watched Beverly Hills for nine years. Like, we know, like, okay, can I just say something? The only way this works is if they talk about 
how Maurizio left the Hilton group to start the agency and there was that huge family rivalry and Mauricio wasn't even invited to Nikki's wedding and yeah. you know the fact that Kathy often sides with Kim against Kyle. Yeah, why I want to see that. I don't want to see no we love each other and we've put our demons. No. If it's Richard's sisters, I want demons. <laughs> I want you stole my I house. Want, I was about to say alcoholic. I want you stole my goddamn house. <laughs> You're an alcoholic. You're an alcoholic. You know, Mar- I want Kathy to call um, Mauricio Maurice. Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, other than that, I'm like, what are you gonna do? Have lunch with Paris on Beverly? Yeah. Like what? Nikki's not gonna be on it. No, she's that's the Nikki. Because she's a Rothschild, she won't be on it. So who? Oh, oh what is this going to yeah, be? What can she bring, basically, at this point? As long as it was, I really thought it was going to be Faye Resnick and that would have been my biggest nightmare. So that's my only joy so the far. Only, again, I want to say this. The only way I would want to see this also is if you brought back Lisa Vanderpump because we know Kathy and Lisa yeah. reference. Yes. Yes. Do you reckon Lisa would do it now that VPR is kind of in the toilet? If it was a Kyle takedown season, then yeah. God, that would be fucking everything about my life would change. If that's that was all it. we want to see. That is that's all, all we I want. See. Literally, that's it. My tension in my back would release itself. I saw some photos of Kyle and Garcelle filming together solo, which means, you know, we're going to get there. <laughs> oh, well, what did you mean by this? And I'm, no, 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 no. And I'm, you know, they're going to mm. fake make up about that charity thing. And I'm like, no, take her down. <laughs> I reckon Garcelle will. I think she'll come for her. Because I don't actually believe Kyle's ever had a takedown season. She hasn't. She, she says we all hasn't. have to sit in the hot seat at some no, point. She's no. never had one. She's never had one. Because Lisa's always been fucking protecting her. Yeah, and she coasted on the fact that oh, she could say she had a dramatic season by association with Kim. No. You know what I mean? She was always doing that. She was always all her. If you think about it, up until Kim left, like she, I don't think there was ever a big like other than the tabloids thing where she aligned with Brandy again. But like, I just think Kyle has not been taken down for who she is. Agree, vile Kyle. I'm ready to see the end of her. I want to see like execution, Kim Zolciak style. Yeah, if you're an OG, you have to have had it at once. Like, and and that Lisa's had it, Camille's had it over and over yeah. again. Camille was the first damn one to have it. So <laughs> I just think Kyle's never had the pile on, and I think yeah. she could be treated to the Beverly Hills treat. Okay, do you want to make a bet now that her tagline is going to have something about open and honest in it? Hundred million billion percent. Or yes, like. I'll bet my right arm. It'll be either about open and honest or something about sisters. Oh, yeah. Cause the- <sighs> what do you think about the um, Kristen Minkoff? Is Who? that how you, the other addition to Beverly Hills? I don't. Oh, Crystal? Crystal Minkoff? Yeah, I think she's a friend of Kathy's. Ooh, she's a friend of Kathy's? She's not on the I- cast. No, I, I mean, that's how I think she's going to become part of the cast. Oh, I thought she was... Ho- I was hoping she was a friend of Garcelle's. No, I think it's Kathy. 
She's yeah. rich. Obi Batch and Bravo rich. posted that. I'm pretty sure. She rich, rich. Is she? Like, Crystal Minkoff, rich, rich. Like, because her, yeah, because her um, husband works at Disney. <gasps> oh, I wonder what yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he did, like I want to say he did Frozen, but um, I think he did The Lion King. One of the We're Lion both Kings. Googling at the same time. <laughs> Rob Minkoff. Yeah. Lion King director. But yeah, they have Disney money. Disney Disney. money. That's good money. That's good money. Disney money be good money in Hollywood. So yeah, um, I was hoping she would be a cast member. I think she is a cast member, but the way they bring her in is via being a friend of Kathy's. I don't like that because you're building, like everyone's aligned on Kyle's side. This is why you're only on if she and Kyle are going to fight. I hope that happens. Now that you've said it, I'm going to remain hopeful. You never know. I reckon Kathy, because they were all like not talking to Kyle, the sisters, for years. It's like yes. they cut her off because she made a sh- fucking show about their family and none of them wanted her to do it, this, whatever the hell it was called. So, like, I'm not sure that there's a very strong basis here for their relationship, even if they do come in aligned. But could you imagine, like, Garcelle telling Kyle, like, you know, at a dinner, I just feel like you're being a bit shallow or like calling Kyle out and Kathy just going, yep, she's always like that. She's been like that (laughs) since she was a kid. Like, (laughs) that's what I I would be okay with that. That's what I want. I don't want, I just don't want everything else. I I, I don't think, I'm not, are you watching OC right now? I am. You are? Yeah. Tell I us about it. it. I haven't watched it, so tell me about it. You're going to listen. Be, is it, we have anything else we need to talk about after Beverly Hills? This has been a long time. It's been a really long time, so I'm going to wrap Well, that's just how it is. These are our brunches now. And also, you want to talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is technically 10 seasons. Yeah, we had stuff to catch up on. And... Yeah, like, I, I just like talking to you because I'm really, as you said, you sent me the video, I just want to apologise for the fact that it took me so long. I'm adding the fake tears part. She wasn't crying, guys, but she I said this. It took, I want to apologise because it took me so long to watch mm. Real Housewives of Atlanta and we could have had so many hours at brunch breaking I did. down. Yep. That's how much I care about you. And I wish that I could have redone it, but here we are. Yeah. And I really urge people to watch (laughs) Atlanta if you haven't. Um, Yeah. If maybe for whatever reason you felt like maybe it's not really for you, it is for you. you. Because it has all the ingredients and it tastes good, right? Sometimes, you know. OC or Beverly Hills or New York has a couple ingredients, but you're getting like a full meal at Old Lady Gang, which might be the new sir. So you need to like familiarize yourself with this part of the canon. Yep. It's the one thing that I would recommend to any fan of Bravo. No, not even of Bravo, of TV. It is everything. It's a drama. It's comedy. It's heartfelt. There's rom-com moments. It's a buddy comedy. Like there's every element. Oh. You need such good weddings, like they do really good. I and you know, they do terrible marriages, but great weddings, Mm -hmm. like Cynthia and And that's what really matters. Cynthia and Peter, worst marriage, but I love their wedding. 
when the mom tries to stop it (laughs) he is like sorry just quickly i will wrap this up but he is just the ultimate gaslighter even post divorce i hate him yeah and i know it had homophobic undertones but nini was right peter is a bitch like Peter is a bitch scammer anyway I love you yeah. and thank you for having me on again. And I can't anyway, wait to, for Maddie you. to come back and there'd be more witchy stuff because I just love hearing you guys and spending time with you. That is so sweet. We love spending time with you. Um, and thank you for joining us um, in Maddie's absence. It was a delight to have you back. No worries. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Oof. If you made it through, thank you for listening to that entire episode. Um, I'm not going to take up a second more of your time than I have to, other than to say thank you for listening. Um, and if you are able, please donate to Radio Skid Row. They're almost halfway to their target, so any little bit will help. Have a great week.